Palace back in the studio, Josh. Pounding it up in the pound palace. Absolutely. With the bear. 100%. That's good to be back, man. Yes, it is. And uh, we had quite the adventure the last three weeks with off-sites. Hell yeah, man. A lot of fun. Lots of fun. Met some really awesome people. Had some awesome experiences. Ate some awesome food. New food for me. You know, all that was new for me. So yeah, just great experiences, man. Great people. It's been a blast. Yeah, so if you guys haven't ever listened to the show before, I'm Barrett. He's Josh. We are the ATI Podcast, and we like to talk about all things insane. That's the original concept and name of the show. All the things that we're personally into, and a lot of it usually relates back to St. Louis or St. Louis love, and that trend is going to continue here today. We're going to have Shane Priestley from Rock Paper Podcast on here. A lot of folks in St. Louis might be familiar with Shane. We talked about him at the close of the last episode, but uh, he's quite the uh, guy and well-known in the St. Louis area. He's got little show calendars outside of his podcast that he's done. He's got some charitable endeavors. We're going to get into all that today with Shane. Really looking forward to that conversation. Yeah, going to be that pod-on-pod crossover, you know what I mean? little pod-on-pod action. Yep, little pod-on-pod offense. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody might ask, what does two podcasts have to talk about on a podcast? Well, I think a little common sense will tell you we're going to talk a little bit about podcasts, right? <laughs> yeah, talk about podcasting. So that might be a show for you, but also we're also going to talk about some musical artists in the St. Louis area. So we concentrate our time here, obviously, a little bit more in the heavy music realm and then a little bit of rap, uh, s- somewhat indie rock at times. Yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much the general realm that we stay in. It's not that we don't like other genres of music. It's just that's our favorite. Right? Yeah, it's like what we prefer. So, I mean, it's like your passion. You you know what I mean? Right. Hey, if you're not a country music fan, you don't want to be doing a show about country music. Right, right. <laughs> so back to the original thing I said in the open, and that is the fact that we talk about all things insane according to us from our perspective. Right. Shane has quite a bit more of a collective taste, I think, than we even do as far as guests are concerned. And he's actually had some comedians on his show as well. So uh, that is something we have not done yet that I would love for us to have actually on our show and target for season three. And the reason I say season three and dismiss season two, because we're winding down season two. Which is hard to believe. And we will be at the end of season two at the end of this year. And we have finally, Josh, solidified the entire schedule for the rest of season two as of today. You locked it down. Locked her down. That's good, man. So Glad to hear it. I'm excited. We are good until the first week in January. And then we're going to take our little winter break like we do to get our reset and get fresh. And we're going to kick off season three with some strong guests. Going to start working on that here too. But so mentioning that we've got season two schedule all figured out, we'll be making some postings here in the next two to three days on social media. By the time that you hear this, actually, it probably will already be up with the live cast schedule that we do where we like to at least inform people about every other month of what we have in the pipeline coming. Some of which that is in the pipeline, of course, is going to be our focus. We're coming up on spooky season, Josh, here just in a couple weeks. Yeah. You know what we're doing this year for a Halloween theme is we're reviewing a lot of iconic movies that are seeing some anniversaries. 
Yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun. And especially with some of the guests we have coming up, I think that'll be extra special for listeners. So I think you guys are going to enjoy the hell out of that. Yep. And we're reaching in our back pocket to get those people again across the film industry that we've had on the show previously. We're going to have Mondo Franco. We're going to have Andy Triefenbach. We're going to have Doug Wicker back on the show. And we're going to be talking about some awesome movie anniversaries as well as Danny King and from It's Just Two Movies. So you guys look on our schedules. We've already announced some of that. But then we also have a little special fifth treat for the month of October, and that is we're going to do The Exorcist watch-along style with guest Joey Rakavan. So we are going to do The Exorcist as a special bonus for October, and just a nice way to cap off Halloween, because well, it's arguably my favorite movie of all time. It's it's up there for me, and it was cool. It's like, if you want to stay community-tied, I mean, that story is a St. Louis story, man. Right. I mean, so that even makes it even better, you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love spooky season, and yeah, I'm ready to get diving into that. We've been doing some decorating around the house and you know getting all the fall and halloween stuff out and oh i love it dude i love the cold temperatures and the smells and uh, i love it yep starting to be that time of the year and boy uh, it's my favorite time of the year outside of you know the swimming opportunities that you get in the summer and float trips but i really love fall Uh, it's just I don't know. It's good for my mental health. I get to be outside more. It's not as laborious or strenuous to be outside. And as I think we grew up in this area, I always think that's such a big part of our culture around here is like the harvest time. Like, you know what I mean? Like fall festivals and, you know, like this is like farming communities. So, of course, it's a big time around here. So Halloween is always when I was a kid was always big around these this area, you know, which is kind of shocking with it being the area that we're from. But man, I remember we had some hella good times as a kid around this area, trick or treating and dressing up. So, yeah, man, nostalgic. Yeah. Uh, Halloween, of course, last year we did a little bit of a mixed bag thing of things. This year, we're just going to kind of simplify it, I guess, to a degree, and that is just kind of stick to films. We love films, and I feel like we kind of get away from that sometimes in our conversation. Uh, So we definitely want to revisit that. And this is also an opportunity. Some of these are familiar in the sense that you've probably seen them or at least heard about them. Some of these are familiar in the sense that we've talked about them on the show, but certainly some movies that I picked on purpose that may have not been so popular, like a Kronos, for example, uh, Guillermo del Toro's early work there that a lot of folks haven't seen from the early 90s. So I really encourage folks to check out the movies that we're presenting for everybody. We're doing 50, 40, 30, 20, and 10-year anniversaries on films for the month of October in Halloween. Before we have Shane on the show here this week, Uh, The only thing that we really wanted to dive into as far as uh, a few different current event type items as we do usually to warm the band up, if you will, here on the ATI podcast is actually was some pretty interesting and fascinating news that you shared with me, Josh, that I wasn't aware of. And that was a part of Illinois' criminal justice reform was to help eliminate the bail process in the state. Yeah, man, no cash bail state. They're the first ones to do it in the United States. And it's kind of groundbreaking. They're kind of the first ones to take the leap. So they're kind of setting the groundwork for other states that might jump on board with this. It's got its pluses and its negatives. I mean, yeah, obviously you're ending cash bond for minor offenses, maybe even jail time or even booking time with minor offenses but um there's also some discretion clauses with the police officers like they have discretion to handle the case how they see fit and you know that's where emotion comes into play with that that position you know what i mean like is it discretion or is it a way to flex muscle you know what i mean but other than that yeah i love it it's uh, i think it's a very good step ending for-profit 
prisons and jails, man. Like, I mean, that's purely what the cash bail system is. Man. Right. And a lot of, you know, money that's generated through the court systems and all that is a lot of these like initial bookings and stuff where they kind of nickel and dime in the cash bail. So I'm kind of curious to, to see if that down the road, maybe they cite that as you know an issue with government funds which would be right. kind of ridiculous because then that would lead one to maybe say and we've talked about this on the show before some over policing right and that sort of sort of thing as well especially if a city administrator a mayor if you will is trying to inflate their numbers and how much they're cracking down on crime right we've seen it happen historically with a lot of mayors of the past particularly in baltimore where they were over policing on purpose uh, just to say that they were cracking down on crime right look at new york city with the mob crackdowns and the Ricos and everything. I mean, talk about over policing. <laughs> right, right. They were doing some borderline questionable stuff as far as like, you know, going over the line into people's privacy and stuff. <laughs> right. So, Illinois, of course, being, I would say, kind of heavy in our listenership as well, you know, Missouri number one, Illinois probably secondary to the ATI podcast, and then maybe, you know, Texas or some other adjacent state to us. Texas isn't, but we've got Brandon there. So, we got some roots and some listeners. <laughs> yeah. So, routine people there across the military even that listen to us so we appreciate that for sure but yes thank you guys we, thank you for everything yes for real and so we definitely have to you know shout out some you know things that are going on adjacent to us and uh kind of affect us directly but you know when it comes to the illinois criminal justice system i got a brother that actually lives over there so you know he's kind of always in the middle of you know dealing with that you know they've of course had recreational before we did here right, right. and uh was kind of yeah, Illinois was one of those early states that I think a lot of other states took note of on how they did their legalization. Right, yeah. I mean, Colorado before them, of course, but right. Illinois was still early in the pack. Right. And I think with this, though, to tie it back in, that I think a lot of other states will follow suit. Right. Especially those with, you know low staffing and that sort of thing where you can process there on the street like the benefits of that we talked about an expedited system where they're just essentially issuing tickets to people on the spot right. yeah. versus taking them in jail eating up all that time eating up you know I'm sure that it's going to down the road affect gas uh, for the departments as well as insurance and all those things right. that the more you're in a car the more expensive that those things are of right. course and you know there's a lot of cases that police bring in and book people that we can probably all agree as reasonable adults that are completely unnecessary to just go through all of that. Right. right. Like this guy's got a little bit of extra weed that he's not supposed to have. Does he really need to spend 30 days in jail? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably not. And you post know? an astronomical cash bond. Right. Like, right. So I applaud the effort. I know Illinois, I also feel like, especially for conservatives, for whatever reason, it's a state that they like to pick on. Um, when things aren't going that well for them. Right now, of course, Chicago is one of the sanctuary cities, too. Right. And so there's a lot of uh, what the folks on the right will tell you uh, are no good foreigners in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, right. I think those are gentle words, but yeah. yeah. And um, well, you know, it's one thing to, I, I, I guess, like we're going to allude to some of the stupid things that they say with that sort of deal. But, you know, I, I think like acknowledging the ignorance beyond a certain point is just like unnecessary. Right, right. It's ignorant, folks. Right. It's, it's really ridiculous. You know, we got a lot of problems in this country. We are a country of nobody predominantly as far as the race will start there that's here in America is 
of American heritage. And we all probably have a very minute amount of Native American in us, but right. I mean, look around, folks. <laughs> yeah. We're the foreigners. We have been. Just <laughs> because we've been here dead. for 250 years or so, predominantly, or close to 400, I guess now, uh, it doesn't make us the be-all, the end-all you know, the gatekeeping of who's allowed in this country and that sort of thing, you know, just I understand there needs to be like a naturalization process, a legal one that is, because yes, you can be overpopulated in those very real issues. And you don't obviously want criminals coming into your country, drug lords, and all of those nefarious things that are happening right now that you hear a lot about in the news, sex trafficking, so on. A lot of that action goes across borders back and forth. So you got to have a vetting process. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. But I think we can all agree that making shit up about all of this, number one, isn't the answer. Right. And certainly be making camps and pulling families apart at it's the border is not right. It's, so yeah, pol- it's just politically that's... motivated, disgusting actions. Like it's right. it's just wrong, and they know it's wrong, and they're just playing the game. And I don't live in Chicago personally. I'm sure there's some listeners here that either got a cousin. have do or she owns a business know somebody in there. Yeah, and so I don't hear a lot of those people complaining about the current conditions. But you know, it seems like that that's all they can cover on right. Fox News right. or you know some of those media outlets is they want to. You know, pick on Chicago, and it's like, damn, man. You know, I'm I I hate the Cubs with a passion, but right, you know. I was going to say I, I I like everything about Chicago except the Cubs. Right, fuck so, the Cubs. <laughs> I mean, I could do without the Bears personally, and the Blackhawks too. So there's that. Yeah, but well, the White yeah. Sox, they're okay in my book. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take the White Sox. Yeah. Who might actually be leaving Chicago. There's rumors that they might be leaving. That's wild, man. So yeah, so look to Illinois once again to perhaps be the leader in common sense. Right. And other states to follow suit. Yep. Missouri, take note. Look at your neighbor. Don't look down in the corner no, at Florida it's, instead of, or down at Texas in the southwest. We need to look just right next door. No, instead our governor, our candidate for governor uh, is out burning books with his buddies with flamethrowers. Yeah. Elon Musk flamethrowers. And you know, Elon Musk, the guy that Putin said is a very noble and wise man. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. Guys... Let's look to Illinois for the example, (laughs) and not Texas, not Florida. And the book burning thing you bring up, we did share that video on social media, and a lot of people need to be aware that there's like people present day, this is 2023, and this feels very weird for me to have to say and admit, like they are literally subscribing to ideals in George Orwell's 1984. Absolutely, That's a real fucking concern. Like that shit that happened, Fahrenheit 451, right? Bradbury, yep. Ray Bradbury book. It's unreal that this stuff is literally happening. Book burning. Yeah. 451 degrees was the temperature at which, and the they were burning the books in for, for Fahrenheit 451. That's where it got the name. And um, I'm sure that those were cooking at that rate. And you've got a guy who's the Republican front runner right now for Missouri governor because this is going to be Parsons last year or last term, I should say. And then one of the uh, senators. I believe he's from like Clayton or St. Louis, some suburb of St. Louis area. I don't know. He's well. a shitbag too. Uh, state senators, that is. And um, so, yeah, these are our leaders, folks. These are people that are making legal and important decisions about your state. You're right. That could affect your life and your future, immediate future. This future. is why we talk <laughs> politics is because of this evil type of thing going on. So, Well, side note, non-political. Thank you, Adam Wainwright. We love you. Congratulations on your 200th. And yes. uh, man, that was emotional. 
we're going to miss you. And uh, what a career, man. Yeah, I know. In a way, I almost wish there was some way he could come back, but he's it's been a really a real struggle this year. The he whole needs team. it's time for his career yeah. to be done. Yeah. I heard I saw some opt-ed piece they were talking about in his career like it started turn him into a closer and let him close next year. Why? And I'm like, what does he have to prove? Well, not only that, how he does has that help ring. the club? He's got multiple rings. He's been I mean, the, yeah, you know, he's a veteran. You know, he's towards the end of his career. He could probably do it, but our club's in shambles, dude. We, yeah, we've, we've, it's we time need, to move on. We need the space. Didn't we pay Adam like $17 million just for this year? Right, though, right. It's like you can't bring him back and like pay him chump change. Right. It's Adam Wainwright. It's one of right. the greatest Cardinals of all time. Right. It'll go down in the books like that. So. That'd be insulting to pay him anything less. Absolutely. So yeah, we we would be remiss in not recognizing Adam Wainwright, Uncle we Charlie's accomplishment, an all-time great Cardinal. What a send-off. Everything you've done for the community, for the city. For sure. For everything. For I yeah. mean, just thank you. Just wanted to get that out that there. That guy's going to have his jacket in the Cardinal Hall of Fame without Absolutely. question. First opportunity and well-deserved, sir. So an applause from the ATI podcast. All right. So we'll end it on the St. Louis note. and We'll bring in another fellow St. Louisan here on the other side of the break. Stick around. We're going to be with Shane from Rock Paper Podcast. Hey, this is Josh from ATI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ATI Podcast 22, on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI Podcast, on TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at ATI Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there. We have Shane Creasley from Rock Paper Podcast. How are you doing, Shane? Great, man. Yeah, good to be here. We're so happy to have you, sir. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to uh, getting to meet you all. And it's always a lot of fun. I really like enjoy this, like kind of our little podcast community, you know, in St. Louis, like getting to link up this way and getting to know each other. Absolutely. And speaking of podcast community in St. Louis, one thing I want to mention right off the get. So anybody that's watching this right now, if you guys haven't checked out Shane's show, of course, Rock Paper Podcast, highly encourage you to do show do so. If you guys actually look, you know, subscribe to our show, you kind of know we're known for our variety. And I would say Shane has even more of a variety right. than we do. Yeah. And does have a very strong focus on the St. Louis scene in and of itself, too. So that's something that we definitely want to tip our cap to you right out the bat, Shane, about we're all about that St. Louis love. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. I love what we have happening here between food, music, comedy. I mean, we got there's a lot of really great things happening in the St. Louis area. And I'm trying to do my part to support my friends and highlight some of my favorites and uh, having a great time doing it. Yeah. The, you know, com- the comedy piece of it too is something that we personally haven't gotten into as far as our guests are concerned. Not that we're like against it, but don't get to go out to much comedy shows in the I same wish I would do more of that because it's really is, it's like, it's a brilliant art. You know oh, what I mean? Sure. Like it's, it's a, it's a true work of art to watch those guys do write out jokes and then work a crowd. So yeah, I just wish I some, I'd get out and experience more personally. Yeah. Yeah. We are obviously fans of comedy and some of our older iterations of the show. We've talked about, you know, our favorite comedians of all time or stand up specials and things yeah. like that uh, as far as big names and that sort of thing. But you you actually have guests on from the St. Louis area that are aspiring comedians or are comedians as well. Right, Shane? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess I start. I was used to work like uh, evenings. Uh, like three thirty to or two thirty to eleven, three thirty midnight, and I was so kind of started uh, going out a lot on Sunday nights, and uh, they're going to Funny Bone here locally in St. Louis, and um, they uh, 
it would have these like passes for if you give like a dollar donate to Kilo Diabetes Foundation at the time and uh, they would give you a pass to come back and they were good like Sunday through Thursday. So I, I got in this habit of like going every Sunday because there was nothing else going on on Sundays and there was a, I'd go to the show for a dollar and I'd get to see the headliners and I got to meet a lot of our locals uh, working at the time then and and a lot of them became great friends of mine and are still very active in it and doing big things. And it's just, uh, became a lot of fun. It was like kind of my, uh, cheers, uh, you know, going down to the funny bone and everybody was always like, yeah. you know, greeting me. And of course I got to the point where also you're, when you're hanging out enough, everybody's like, do you want to do, are you trying to do comedy? And I'm like, I'm no, I'm, I just enjoy the show. I'm just here for, you know, yeah. as a fan, like, I don't want to be up there, but but that's kind of the, the whole, the whole story was like, if you ever wanted to do it, you always, it was always the people hanging around and stuff. So that's what everybody always asked me, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm just here for the entertainment. <laughs> so I'm sure you would just kind of consider yourself a guy that's a fan of just all forms of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, uh, real, uh, I guess most of it started with just music. It, you know, and like, I mean, I was always into comedy, watching comedy central, um, watching the standups, uh, the, you know, all the different things, but, um, started as with live entertainment, going out to shows, uh, going to see my friends bands in high school. And that kind of just snowballed from there. And then I kind of learned more about the comedy in St. Louis and started going to a lot of comedy shows too. And, but yeah, I, I just prefer the live entertainment compared to something sure. I, I do and, you know, watch TV, but, and movies and everything yeah. else. But, you know, it's just like, it's, it's something magical that happens in a, in that room, you know, when it's like you're getting a, like a one, a once in a lifetime performance kind of thing. Sometimes, you know, it right. might not, you're not going to get the same configuration of people, the same, you know, you never know what could happen in that room kind of thing. So well, the same thing happens in music, but you know, with the comedy piece that people don't consider too, is the fact that you in particular, I'm sure was a, a, as an audience member were front row for many of these occasions. And that is people are actually getting up there and like working out their bits for like, for that TV special, that right. hour TV special. Yeah. So you're, you can see them failed if not to say that that's like your thing. Right. But yeah. you know, you get to see the development of those ideas and jokes sometimes, you know, and it's, it's, it's actually kind of cool to see people working their craft behind the scenes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's actually one of my favorite parts, especially like watching them try different, you know, pieces in it. And then all of a sudden it like it clicks, you know, and they find like they find the right mix of uh, the right word to put in there or whatever it is. And right. it happened. And it's like, uh, so that's always definitely a, a, one of my favorite parts of kind of seeing how it all comes together. There's just so many nuances and skills that it takes, you know, crowd works its own thing too, you know, so there's comedians that are really good at that. Some, some not so much, of course. Yeah. You know, I always love comedians that push the boundaries of what is, what is humor, right? Uh, what is acceptable, what isn't acceptable, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. You know, I, Chappelle's always going to be in, on my Mount Rushmore of comics. Uh, he can't not be Carlin, people of that oak, Bill Hicks. You know, those are mm -hmm. all some of my favorites. What about you? What are some of your favorite comedians to kind of see where your sense of humor is at? Yeah, I mean, for sure, Carlin, like, is one of the greats. Uh, Mitch Hedberg was always, uh, you know, super fan of his stuff. Got to got to see him, uh, uh, I don't know what year it was, but I got to see him at the pageant. It was supposed to be him and uh, Stephen Lynch on a co-headline tour and Lynch had to cancel to do uh, the wedding singer on Broadway. And so Mitch brought some friends along and, but I'm fortunate I got to see him live, uh, you know, shortly before he passed. And so but yeah. I'm fortunate I had that moment, but 
yeah, I don't know. Robert Schimmel uh, was another one that kind of like not a lot of people know about. Was definitely one of my favorites. Kind of a, on the dirtier side of things, and uh, okay. but he's uh, fantastic. And I got to see him and Pablo Francisco is uh, one of probably the the hardest I've ever laughed at a live show. Just like he came out just on fire that night, and I honestly thought I was going to have a heart attack or something. I couldn't catch my breath. I'm laughing, <laughs> you know, hysterically, and just that's hilarious for so for so long and. And, uh, but it was, it was such a good night. And so I've been uh, fortunate enough to see a lot of my favorites, uh, you know, and I got to see Chappelle at the pageant. Wow. And, uh, it was right. Like when he first like came back and doing me and before to start filming the Netflix stuff. And so he was working on some of that material that came out on that, uh, whatever, whatever they called it, but the first, uh, Netflix special they put out there. Very cool, man. What a goat. So those are, yeah, that's a pretty good glimpse into some of my favorites for uh, for stand up. Hedberg's a great. I love yeah. Hedberg too. Yeah. How can you not mention like Richard Pryor? I was going to say mm-hmm. Richard Pryor's an all time. Sure. Eddie Murphy in the eighties, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm into Segura. He's developed into uh, yeah. Tom Segura has developed yeah. into somebody that really pushes the boundaries, and I'm I really enjoy the hell out of that. Him and his wife's podcast is great too. If you guys get a chance well, to check that two out. Two Bears is great, too. Oh, Two Bears is great, obviously. That. Yeah, that's one of the biggest podcasts out there. But the one that he does with his wife is really good, too. Me and my wife enjoy it. <laughs> right. I've seen Segura a couple times, uh, Pageant and Stiefel and and uh, Burt Kreischer a couple times now. and Yeah. Those guys are, like, definitely some of the biggest touring acts right now, for sure. Like, they're taking off for doing big all kinds of crazy stadiums and everything else yeah. right now it's like it's wild to see it, it is because i i remember when those guys were just you know opening for you know some of the people we were talking about beforehand right. yeah. You know? yeah and uh, not getting many laughs and that sort of thing so it's it's incredible to see yeah comedy is one of those games man you got to be you know working at it for decades before yeah. you really kind of you know strike it big sometimes yeah i mean that's really even how i got into the podcasting was because i was going down there i met uh Jay Larson at the funny bone. And, and he was like, this is again, uh, uh, maybe, I don't know, whatever, 12, 2012 or 13 or somewhere in there. And he started telling me about his show, the crab feast. And that's where I was my introduction to, into podcasting too. was like, and I started listening to a lot of these guys like, uh, Segura and, and stuff, you know, these, and some other shows, Adam Ray and Brad Williams were doing a show called about last night that I was a real big fan of and, but comedy. And I think that's a lot of how those guys took off in comedy uh, for, as far as their live performances was because they were able to build a fan base through the podcast, you know, continually doing all these uh, shows and, and uh, networking that way and getting, you know, introducing themselves to other people's fan bases. And so that was a podcasting kind of changed the game for a lot of those guys. For sure. Again, just another marketing tool for those guys. Talking about your fandom too of of podcasting, that sort of thing. Would you say that that kind of what started your interest into podcasting was just listening to podcasts, or what kind of ignited that passion to strike out on your own? Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure, definitely that. I was always like, I started listening to the Crab Feast and uh, about last night. Those were like two big ones uh, off the start and the Nerdist and a couple others in there. And but I was these guys always sound like they were having a great time, so I was like, I want to do that. And I had bunch of these friends started playing music in town. I've from friends from high school, just kind of got busy in the um, like modern rock uh, uh, down at pops and Sauge and stuff. They were playing there a lot. And, and I was like, well, I want to 
and help these people out, talk to these people, try to had before prior to the podcast, I was doing a blog. I was writing, doing like album review type stuff and just kind of doing what I could to highlight my friends a little bit, but I was never a great writer and I always wanted more of the music to speak for itself, people to just hear the music. And right. so the audio format made more sense. And so when uh podcasting kind of like became a thing, a buddy of mine said one day when anybody went to a podcast, I'm like, yeah, I got these friends in music. I want, you know, we could talk to them. We could start doing this. And we, uh, that's what we did. And Went to Best Buy, bought a mic, hit record, and uh, hit the ground running, and hit, trying to figure it out on the fly, and and yeah. uh, still doing it. Uh, uh, May will be ten years of doing this show, so pretty wild wow. to think about. That's incredible, yeah, that's that is awesome. incredible. Yeah, so you're you're in over a thousand episodes now, right? Yeah, and well, there was there was a while there. Like, it, look, it sounds, you know, like I mean, it is a lot, but it sounds. Sure. Uh, there was a while there. I was doing like a lot of it. I was recording all the time. I was a madman. I was like obsessed with it. And I was, but when after, so I started the show with Chris, we were doing like one a week. Chris stepped away to focus on the family and, and he, um, it was just me and a guest. So I started recording all the time. So I started doing sometimes three or four, five a week sometimes, and just throwing them all kinds of shows out there. So I think one year I did like 168 episodes Wow! in a you know year's time. So that was uh, probably the most I did. And then I met uh, up with Devin Allman one night. Uh, you know, he's gone on to great things by himself. But father's Greg Allman from the Allman Brothers. And um, and he was, uh, we got to, he's become a great friend of mine over the years. And we were sitting talking one night and he told me some advice about like, he said he asked for advice when he was hitting the road as a singer songwriter. And, and they said, just, uh, just keep your foot on the gas. Cause you know, next person that's, you know, as soon as you slow down, the next person's going to pass you up. And, and, uh, so that resonated with me at the time when I'm like putting out this kind of content, I was like, man, now I have to maintain this, you know, I have to keep this pace going. And so I did that right up until probably COVID 2020, you know, just like, that was like kind of the, the, great reset for everybody, but things slowed down a lot. I started doing more on, uh, through zoom and things, trying to just keep the show alive. But I, uh, I've kind of since put a little bit more emphasis on my own time, trying to be more present at home. And I'm now doing the show maybe once a week. Sometimes I don't even put a show out just cause like if I get busy with other things that I want to do, it's, it's the show is, the show is not the priority that I once made it in my life. And I'm trying, that's the thing was trying to find the right balance of trying to make time for all the things in my life. So, uh, I still have a ton of fun doing the show. It's just not, but right. like I said, when you have, if I always joke that I'm like, you know, I feel, uh, if you're upset that I didn't put a show out this week, there's, you know, a thousand of them out there. You can go pick one. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> but it's changed my life in ways I never imagined. I mean, I didn't, think I'd still be doing it 10 years later. It's met, uh, allowed me to meet all sorts of people of, you know, all sorts of different walks of life and sharing their stories and songs. And, um, it's opened all kinds of doors, allowed me to start doing my own events, concerts. Uh, I did a, I hosted a songwriter series for three years, a monthly showcase in Chesterfield, Missouri, doing, bringing out three different writers every month. And, and that was, uh, something I was super proud of and no, no repeats on that show, which I, that's great. Yeah. Three years, uh, worth of shows and no repeats. So that was offering a lot of variety and different people out there. So 
It was a lot of fun to to do that. But I look at the podcast as just like a a, a giant like social experiment. A notion, you know, networking my way through the city yeah. and getting to meet all kinds of people and. And uh, it's a ton of fun, man. Yeah, it sure is. And I was going to ask you, you know, whenever you first started doing your podcast, were there goals that you had in mind as far as, you know, I, I got to accomplish this particular thing? Or were you just kind of throwing darts at the wall, seeing what stick? Did you have an agenda? Like, I want to stick to musicians? Or were you just wide open as far as what guests you would have on the show? It was, I was pretty wide open. I think at the beginning, we didn't really fully know what we were doing. We had a couple of friends come on. Uh, first couple episodes were friends from high school that, you know, they kind of, um, I remember my, a friend of mine kind of involved in the American Ninja Warrior stuff was, uh, in fitness and things. So we kind of talked that and, but I think it was like episode five, Steve Ewing came on from the urge and that like really kind of solidified things and kind of, you know, Steve had been a friend too. And it was just, but that was kind of like put us in the gave us some traction and gave us a little bit of spotlight on being a, and talking music and stuff. So that was really kind of helped launch everything for us. Sure. And we, you know, we had a bunch of greats early on and, and still continuing to have a lot of great musicians on the show, which I'm have a lot of fun with, but I never wanted it to be like St. Louis music podcast or St. You know, whatever I, that's, right. that is a, a through line through it, but I never wanted uh, the show. Uh, the that's why I picked a name like Rock Paper Podcast, something that could be anything. And that's uh, so I enjoy talking to people from you know restaurants and charities and you know what, comedians and you know just anybody that has something to a story to tell. So and I would say that that's kind of a commonality between our podcast too. So again, I think you know some of the goal today, of course, is going to get people exposed to you and your talents and your show too. People that are fans with us, I think there's going to be some crossover in the sense of what you're trying to do, and that is to put a spotlight on people with all of these various talents, such as what we do here as well. I even, uh, I, was, I should probably note too, I also had a game show host on the show on there. Uh, yeah. During really? the, yeah, during the pandemic, I caught up with David Ruprick, uh, from supermarket suite and, okay. uh, and had him on the show. I don't know if you guys watched that I'm show at all. Yeah. I mean, I was, it was like one of those that was always on when you called in or, you know, you took off sick from school and stuff. It was always on during the day. Right. And, remember watching it like a little as a kid kind of thing. But then like during the pandemic, I think it was that they like put a bunch of them on Netflix and I started watching and I was like, that'd be kind of fun to talk to him. And, um, I put it on Facebook and somebody uh, tagged him and all of a sudden we, two days later, we're sitting down on zoom talking and about the show and talking about uh, what he's up to. And so it was, it was pretty uh, wild to experience getting that the internet delivered that way. Yeah. So most definitely, but of course, you know, during the pandemic, nobody was doing anything. Everybody was sitting at home. So he had a, had a, like some free time to sit and do a podcast. One thing you mentioned early on too, is how you talked about kind of where this started with you to an extent was a blog that you started. Same thing with us. It started out the all things insane blog, right? Um, which turned into the all Saints, all things insane podcast is now an ATI podcast. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And I started writing about movies or TV shows that I really wanted people to check out and music. And I didn't get but like three or four articles in myself. And, uh, you know, we heard this thing podcast and it's like, uh-huh. okay, we could do that, you know. And Josh, one of my oldest friends, you know, one thing we can do is we can entertain ourselves or a room full of people just talking shit the whole time between (laughs) the two of us you know so uh we're like hey man we're just gonna sit down we're gonna hit record maybe have a few drinks and uh just have fun you know entertain ourselves and maybe entertain some people so that's uh 
that's really funny to hear that that's kind of how it started for you too. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what was like your big jump off uh, for podcasts? What was like a, a show you were listening to? Um, I think a show that I was, there was a couple different ones initially. So um, I want to say my awareness of the whole podcast thing started with like, I was watching like PTI part of the interruption, the sports show at work all the time just because it was kind of in a lull, weird hour and we had a background TV on. So I would, I was like kind of religiously watching it and they were like, Oh, we have a podcast now. And I was like, what's that? So, you know, I got in a smartphone and I was checking out podcasts and I'm like, Oh, they're just like continuing talking about not only the things that they talk about on the show, but they have a little bit more freedom. There's not as much of a format. I mean, there's a format, but then they can like kind of talk about their personal lives or like this right. other stuff. And it's kind of fascinating. You get to know them a little bit more. And basically my thought was immediately, it's like, okay, if I were to ever do this, what would I talk about? So at the time I was in a band and I was like, well, I'm always going to all these shows. There's always recording equipment around. I could interview another band that I liked in just to get other people to know about them. So that was kind of the start of that idea. Uh, and then the blog kind of was like a perfect marriage. Whenever I started doing that, it was like, you know, I don't have to just talk about bands. I can also talk about all these other things. Well, the band that I was in at the time had a, some creative differences to put it lightly with a right. few folks. Uh, so I was without a band briefly and I thought, you know, I'm a creative guy and I, if nothing else, say, you know, somebody can say he's a go-getter, right? I, I don't necessarily do it right, but I give it a good whack at least, you know? So uh, I was like, I'll figure this out. And so we had friends that are kind of in the IT and stuff. We actually created our own server. I mean, we went balls to the wall yeah. uh, out the gate and had uh, the whole feed and everything. Had a control yeah. of everything. You know, we could see our numbers. We were on iTunes at that time uh, and had really good numbers. And honestly, I'd wonder where we would be today if we didn't stick with yeah. it. You know, we wouldn't have walked away um, from it. <laughs> you know, and we took a we took a twelve year layoff and yeah, then got yeah. back at it. You know, so <laughs> we started back up in January and we kind of talked about pandemic times it's like you know what's stopping us well you and, know and what what are we going to talk about and does anybody care to hear about it right well, we had that creative itch you know what i mean like you were saying being without a band earlier like in 2010 right. just that, that creative itch you know what i mean just to do something yeah you definitely. know what i mean and productive with our time too right so that's right. kind of a key factor The it was the dwindling days of what our local music scene was at the time and we thought you know maybe we can put a shot in the arm because people in st louis are going to listen to us and they'll drive down to Farmington, Missouri, or people in Cape are going to listen to us because we have a lot of friends down in Cape. They'll drive up. Right. And I feel like we did some of that. Um, if Again, if we had stuck with it, I think we've been able to do a little bit more. And then we started having connections in like Columbia and in that music scene as well. And, um, but, you know, we were young and had a lot of crap going on in college and <laughs> I just partying too babies. much. That was my problem. I just kept having babies. <laughs> that happens too. You know? That happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damned old thing. Don't know how it happens. <laughs> Still learning. Still learning. Yeah. So early on, Shane, with your show, was there any, let's say, like disheartening or st struggling moments that you almost like threw in the towel right away? And uh, now looking back on it, it was kind of silly. Mm, I mean, I wouldn't say like um, anything that really came to uh, – fruition or anything it was like it was always like uh i think anybody that's creative in a sense you're you go through highs and lows you go through days where you you're like why am i even doing this nobody cares like you know you all these self-doubt things that go through your head and i think if sometimes those do get the best of you but uh, for the most part like it's a 
it's a lot of like ebb and flow. And then all of a sudden, like you're going to get somebody says, Oh, Hey, uh, we like what you're doing. This is, you know, super cool. This is, or yeah, uh, got nominated for a award, uh, in 2018 saying that they named it best podcast in St. Louis, which I don't know even how that happened, but it felt good that even anybody wants to say, Hey, you're doing a good job. Thanks uh, for, you know, gives you the thumbs up. Right. You know, those moments come along and they, and then you ride that high for a little while until the next one comes along, you know, that kind of thing. So it's like, it's all that's, uh, you know, ups and downs all the time, but I don't think anything's ever got to the point where I was like, about to hang it up. I just, uh, you know, I might, I might sure. be in my, my feelings for a day or two or whatever, but then it all, it would pass. I, I like that you brought that up is the fact that, you know, you kind of go through your ebbs and flows and your highs and your lows of doing the podcast and something I find myself having to tell myself somewhat routinely because we're like in this instant gratification world nowadays. And, you know, I'm close to 40 myself and I would like to think I'm too mature to be like really concerned with that. But like, I'm human too, you know, so I want somebody to say like, oh, I listened to the show this week and get that type of feedback. So like, actually you feel like you're doing it for a reason outside of just like mental masturbation or whatever the case is (laughs) that it can be at times, you know? And I mean, for real, man, like you can kind of get in your feelings like you're talking about as well. And if like, I had to just stop looking at the analytics as thoroughly and repeatedly as I was, like I would check them like every hour sometimes, you know? You'll drive yourself nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't, I'll go weeks at a time without looking at them on purpose just because I get way too much in here, you know? And then I get, I get to, you know, kind of what you're talking about earlier. And that's uh, why am I even doing this? You know, blah, blah, blah. What's this doing? But then that kind of my reset usually is, you know, at the end of the day, my intentions are good and I am trying to do this to propel other people's talents, but there is a piece of this that's doing it for me in the sense that like, this is kind of a flex of creative muscle. Absolutely. Um, This is a flex of social muscle that I don't necessarily get to use every day or that I don't do it in an enjoyable or productive setting. If you will, you know, I, I work in hospitality specifically is kind of my day job. And so like a lot of that social muscle that I have to flex is like fixing problems. It's not like having a pleasant conversation to get to know somebody (laughs) I know on, on good terms, you know? starting with a clean slate it's usually coming into like all these bad things happen to this person and you know dig your way out of the hole you know right so you know i have to remind myself that like this this is a good thing that's happening right now and that's all i need to focus on and that usually resets me personally right yeah i think i think with anything it's it's consistency and stuff too like that sure a lot there's the only reason like you know like if you're looking at worrying about like numbers or worrying about get people like you know even caring or noticing or anything it's like i didn't it wasn't like this is all strike we we got a little bit of a attention at the beginning because it wasn't a lot of people doing what we were doing at the time but especially talking to st louis music um you know you had your fm stations and stuff but that was that wasn't really like a whole lot of independent um things happening i mean there was a sure so we got a little bit of a bump at our beginning but as far as that afterwards like you know it, it's mainly having to keep it up, keep going with a consistency and offering, um, you know, being regular with it, people. So people do know where to find it or where to look for it or, and everything else. So I think that's allowed, uh, the show to grow and sense like, you know, or where people, where you can start giving people to even know you exist or that, you know, they, anything else like that is just a repetition, you know, just trying to keep at it. So 
I think a lot of people like think it's going to happen right away and you realize like they don't realize all the work that goes into it and they'll like just quit after uh, one or two because they didn't have the numbers or whatever. And it's like whatever they thought it was going to be. And so if anything, I would, that's my piece of advice is just stick with it, you know? So, and it's easy to get discouraged too. One elephant in the room we haven't had mentioned is kind of like the production piece, the back end work, those blood, sweat and tears that go into shows <laughs> sure. like these that people don't know about, you know, all the ums and dead spaces that you're cutting out right. uh, to make a, you know, a listenable show, if you will, or right. flubs or whatever the case is that don't make the, they hit the editing floor. They don't make, air if you will on on the on the on-demand versions that is sure so you know you know there's just so much that we could get into as far as you know back of the house stuff uh but you did mention earlier in passing and i want to bring attention and focus to this we've shared it a little bit on our social media and that's the fact that you are up for best podcast of the year once again through the riverfront times a news source that we enjoy and, and quote and cite here on the show quite frequently a lot of good folks over there doing a lot of good reporting on the st louis beat specifically with a focus on st louis and again you know something that we're producing and and um you know uplifting on this side of things i know you are too so folks if you have listened to shane's show go vote for him yeah absolutely best podcast right or did that end today uh it i think uh 20th was the last uh Ah, day day to vote uh but well go back in time and vote for shane yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I voted for you shade thank you yeah so uh (laughs) uh, i think the 27th is the uh issue so we'll get to find out uh who won some of the best of uh st louis this year so uh, the previous award i mentioned was through st louis magazine they have an a-list awards uh that they were doing. And at the time they were had a podcast category, they still do the awards, but they don't have the podcast category anymore, which I found interesting that they, uh, eliminated that one. But, uh, I, I was, it was pretty, uh, I was flattered, man, that my, I was even nominated yeah. or anything and that I, that they didn't pick, uh, my show to win. And, and that was really a, a highlight for me, especially, uh, I throw a big party. This is, uh, 2018. And I got to, take my mother and my wife to this A-list uh, party and get, they had like a red carpet thing. And wow, DJ Moff uh, was also nominated for best DJ. So he was up there spinning and, uh, and then they had uh, fat pocket was best cover band. So they played and they had a bunch of vendors, free food and free booze. And it was a good party. Incredible. And uh, so it felt cool to be live, live it up like a rock star for the night. And yeah. So I don't know what RFT does. I don't know if they're doing anything similar, but, uh, you know, either way, it's cool to be acknowledged that anybody thinks that you're doing something cool. So, um, I was, uh, great, greatly, uh, appreciate being included. And it's, uh, it's fun to be, see my name in that. And I'm, I'm alongside my good buddy, Tony does, uh, beyond FM. So, uh, you know, it was, um, it stinks that, uh, we both can't win it, but, uh, hopefully one of us does, uh, at least, uh, so it'd be fun to see that, but yeah, if you don't know, uh, if you don't know beyond FM, be sure to check them out too. They're doing great work in St. Louis, uh, supporting St. Louis music. So big shout out to Tony. Do you think that they probably stopped, uh, with the previous, uh, magazine and stopped doing that reward, uh, just because there's so much podcast now in the market, it's kind of like oversaturation in the market. Uh, or did you get any I, type of response? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. No, no I idea. Just not, uh, I don't know. Like just. Uh, I'm not sure what the reasoning behind it was. I mean, I don't think that, I don't think that would be the case because it's, there's, you know, so many, uh, 
you know, there's best, best restaurants, best, uh, uh, sure, you know, what sure. there's, there's literally best of every single other thing. Like, you know, there's a lot of different subcategories. So it's like, and you know, there's a ton of restaurants, there's a ton of bars and music venues and everything else that was, yeah. So I'm not sure it was about numbers, but I'm not, don't know why they, maybe it was just an oversight or I don't know what the, what will happen there, but I didn't really consider it from that point of view. And you're certainly hitting many nails on the head with that rebut there but you know it gets kind of maddening in the podcast field though because there is kind of a oversaturation nowadays you know the, oh, the yeah. ease of doing a podcast and all the things has become so much easier um things like it's now spotify podcast but it once was anchor right you know kind of a one-stop host all solution podcast, iTunes, yeah, where you can separated. just record straight from your phone put right. it directly online i mean i I love the accessibility in the sense that, you know, it's inspiring people to do things productive and creative, but also at the same time, it's kind of a catch 22, right? Yeah. I, uh, it is funny, you know, like there's not that I'm like embarrassed or, you know, I love what I I do and I'm very proud of uh, everything, but it's like, even just saying, asking somebody to be on your podcast, it's kind of like, oh, everybody's got a podcast now kind of thing. You know, it's like, right. It's that kind of feeling. So it's like, you know, it's just so I I don't I don't even I don't know it's just weird like I don't like one I don't say it all the time or ask everybody to do it, like but because that because of that feeling I feel like everybody's getting asked to be on a podcast because everybody has a podcast now so I, there is a lot of that kind of oversaturation feeling like you're talking about yeah and you talked about this through line earlier with your podcast and that is you know there's a lot of St Louis connections and that sort of thing and. We subscribe to a very similar thing, but we'll also talk to people outside of that. And then usually it, there's some connective tissue or DNA, if you will, to some extent. And it's usually people in the music industry that we reach out to or film industry. We got a lot of friends in the film industry, too. And uh, so we will talk to people outside of that area. And it does get difficult in these situations, too, as you get further and further out and you're targeting bands in large markets like new york or boston right. or whatever the case is and you know they're probably getting hit up every time they turn around hey you want to be on my podcast and a mm-hmm. lot of our initial contacts through social media too it's because you know we don't have your phone number so you know i'm sending you sure. a dm on ig or or <laughs> you know something like that right so you know you, hey you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> wayne gretzky michael scott right <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned her earlier, your mother, and I know that there's, um, you know, some very special work that you're doing on a yearly basis. I think you just celebrated the third iteration of this and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's Deb Stock. Yeah. Uh, named yeah. after your mother and, you know, some of the charitable causes that that goes towards. Let's talk about the story behind that. When you started doing it, what charitable causes that that promotes? Sure. So I don't know, me, me and mom got real tight. Like after she retired, she was, I had a lot more free time. She was, uh, we, we know, obviously we're always close, but, uh, that was when we started going to a ton of concerts together. And I mean, she was a big part of why I loved the music that I love anyway. Um, her and dad always had music playing around the house or when we had any of our like, uh, family vacation things. I mean, I was always a lot of music, a lot of, uh, classic rock type of Southern rock stuff, ZZ Top and Skinner and oh, Almond yeah. Brothers and, clapped in and a lot of blues in spot, you know, influenced uh, stuff. And so, uh, and that's a lot of the, what I still listen to today. I still go to a lot of the, those, uh, you know, 
more blues uh, based rock bands and different things. And it was a lot of what she liked too. So we started going to a lot of shows together and um, just having a lot of fun. So fast forward to 2019 in June of 2019, she had uh, was diagnosed with a st- stage four glioblastoma brain cancer. And, uh, and they tried uh, different treatments, some uh, radiation, chemo uh, and all that. Um, they removed a massive tumor, but it's a highly aggressive cancer and you know eventually took her uh in december 3rd uh 2019 so it was a very uh quick uh period but in september of that year we were able to gather and do a little benefit show to help with some of the medical bills and um i reached out to a bunch of my friends and a bunch of her favorites and they came through and we through a big party over at old rock house. And so live music, uh, being a, a benefit concert, uh, made most sense. Like I said, because we, music's been such a big part of our lives. And, um, so I had like, uh, Al Holiday and the Eastside Rhythm Band, Big Mike Aguirre and the Blue City All-Stars, Jackson Stokes, Joe Bazzelli, Matt Wynn, a bunch of good friends of mine all came through and, and it was a beautiful day and had a lot of fun. And, and, um, so after she passed, it was always kind of this that I wanted to keep it going uh, to help others, you know, and keep her memory going. And so, of course, uh, the world shut down right after that. So when in 21, as things kind of allowed and things, we uh, did another one and had a lot of fun with that at uh, again at Old Rock House. That was in November of 21. But even then, I was like thinking that I'd wanted to get it away from the fall there. It was, it was kind of just, uh, when it was, when things allowed and the, the first one had to be time sensitive and everything, but my buddy Phil does a great show at the beginning of December there for his father for ALS. And I, I didn't want to put two benefit shows. We have a lot of friends to and crossover. So I didn't want to put two benefit shows right next to each other with a lot of the same people and everything else. Like it was just, uh, so I wanted to spread out a little bit and, so the move going in the future was like, well, I wanted to, um, May is brain cancer awareness month. And I was like, it'd be perfect to start going for uh, long-term, you know, goals. And, uh, so yeah. build, build from there. So we took a year and a half off and, uh, brought it back this May of 23 and had a, a lot of fun over at old rock house again on a uh, mother's day. They, they pitched the idea of doing this third one on uh, mother's day, you know, felt appropriate for all the things, but it was kind of a tough, uh, draw trying to, it's a busy day for a lot of families and sure. So it was, it was difficult, but, uh, we, we still managed to have a good time. It just, uh, maybe going forward, I might not, uh, do it on mother's day, but maybe that, maybe that same weekend just, uh, yeah. but day of is, uh, it was tricky for some, you know, folks to get, get out and have a fun with us, but we still managed to raise a nice amount of money for some of the, for those in need. And, uh, uh, all that went to uh, BJC, and uh, they have a, a branch called the Foundation, uh, where that directly goes to support uh, research and help bring cancer patients and stuff. So, uh, so that's what we've been doing so far, and and just trying to give back to you know a lot of people that helped us out when we needed it, and hopefully we can help some others out when they need it. And yeah, I mean, if you want to follow along, I have a Facebook page for that, and uh, you can find that info and. We, uh, but keep an eye out for May, 2024. Hopefully we'll be, uh, back over at old rock house. It's always, it's 
I love them over there. They've been good to me. They gave me a home to, to build this show. So uh, I'm sure I'll be there until, you know, hopefully someday we outgrow it. Uh, you know, if, if that's the case or make it two days or whatever, make it a festival. I don't know what it's going to be, but, uh, I, hopefully, um, it continues to grow and, but old rock house is a fantastic space and been, I love them all over there. So I'm glad to keep doing it there. Yeah. It's a great venue. I do like that location specifically, and it's perfect to house an event such as that. And, uh, can't commend you enough for doing that. Yeah, I know it's a, like a little bit more of a at home, you know, reason for you in particular, but you know, being two guys that lost parents in recent years, specifically, we, our heart goes out to you. We know it's not easy losing anybody, but you know, especially a parent, especially somebody that you're close to. And, uh, I think you're doing the right thing by honoring her memory in such a way. And uh, I'm sure she'd be extremely proud of you for doing so. Yeah. Yeah. I lost my dad to colon cancer. So it's really cool to see you get him back into the cancer research and care. You know what I mean? So I applaud you for that. Appreciate that. Well, I'm sorry to hear you guys lost too. Uh, But yeah, that was a lot of it was just like, you know, how do I turn this negative into a positive of some sort? You know, it's like. Definitely. And I've got these, again, through the podcast and everything else we've been talking about, I got these friends in music that wanted to help support too. And so I called on some favors and, you know, it's like, well, why don't we, why don't we throw a party? You know, not, not, uh, and, uh, so yeah, it made most sense to me to, to do that. And I'm thankful that I have a, a network of incredibly caring people around me that want to, want to do these kind of things. And, um, these has been very rewarding, just I'm thankful that, you know, again, talking about the beginning of this, I was, I never would imagine that I'd be putting together, you know, shows like this in this level and, and doing these kind of things. But, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm here for the ride, you know, see where this thing takes me. So that's cool for sure that, uh, I had these opportunities, but, um, that's, uh, the, even before putting together the one from my mom initially, I did, uh, kind of helped, uh, a friend of mine helped kind of inspire this. Uh, she had a bucket list, uh, thing and I, I, she posted online and, and I said, uh, that she, she wanted to do like a, a benefit show. And I said, well, let's, uh, I'll said, I'll help you out with that one. Let's do this. And, uh, we ended up putting together a toys for tots, uh, holiday show, uh, where it pops with a bunch of uh, friends of mine and, and we did, uh, raised a bunch of money and had like a, you know, people could, uh, donate toys at the door and they, so we had a bunch of toys already, had a bunch of money. And then we went shopping and filled like five shopping carts at Walmart with all kinds of toys that we wanted as kids and all these other things. And, and that was an incredible experience to do, to give that to toys for tots and hopefully, you know, make some kids day yeah. that, and, um, but it was, uh, so that was kind of my first like experience putting like benefit shows together and stuff like that. But I, I'm, you know, it's, it was in, I like getting my friends paid too, but as something, you know, it's incredibly rewarding to do it for, you know, selfless reasons and give back to a community, especially, uh, somebody that's in need, like, uh, uh, you know, cancer awareness and everything else. So we used to do a Toys for Tots fundraiser through the hospitality organization that I work for. And that was one of the more rewarding organizations to work with because you know exactly where those things are going. You know, being an underprivileged child myself, you know, I was actually a child who went with like shop with a cop and stuff like that as a young child. So it's something that I'm a little bit more invested in personally. And I, you know, you know, just to have a nice Christmas from year to year as a underprivileged child was 
I looked forward that to the next Christmas, you know, so sure. being able to make those things happen for kids, you know, it was extremely rewarding to be involved in that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, hopefully uh, we can keep, keep the party going, keep doing more fun, cool things. Uh, maybe we can even collaborate on something in the future and do something cool. Hell like yeah. That. Yeah, man, that sounds awesome for sure. And we're totally down for that. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. So we're kind of to the portion of the program, Shane, where we like to dive a little bit deeper into our guests' personalities and let our fans get to know them a little bit better and kind of perhaps intrigue them to check them out more in their works and their practice. And so, uh, you know, being a fan of comedy, oh, yeah. let's talk about let, what would be like a Mount Rushmore of comedic movies for you? What are some oh, movies man. that are go-tos for you? I know. I was just I was like trying to think of one. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, there's a bunch. <laughs> there's 10. <laughs> they're, oh, they're for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Farley's a huge part of my life. And um, so <clears throat> I'd have to definitely put Tommy Boy in there. Yes. And that was one that uh, I remember like whatever of it's 97, I guess it came, that movie came out, I think somewhere in there, 96, whatever it was. Uh, and I remember getting like the VHS for my birthday and just like burning it out and just like, oh, and then it hit HBO <laughs> and like we had a satellite at the time. And so you had like East HBO East and West. And it was like, so I'd, I'd watch it like two or three times a day for that summer. I was just like obsessed with that movie and as a kid. And, um, so definitely, uh, that was be up there. Uh, Dirty Work with yeah. uh, Norm Macdonald's of, of course, uh, an incredible movie. Love it. Which also I think is really funny with that movie is that Artie Lang would go around uh, doing stand-up and people would bring in a copy of uh, Dirty Work to have him sign the DVD and and he would give him back 20 bucks and like it. And like, I, don't know, I just always thought that was a good bit that he, uh, you know, yeah. give, him back, give him back their money for that movie. But uh, yeah. such a such a great movie. Uh, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, I'm, this is a uh, another one that never gets old for me and just man uh, let's see what's uh probably run ronnie run that's probably the la the uh but that'll okay. be my fourth one i don't know if you guys know that one but that's a little bit more of a yep. that's a mr show bob and david um yes movie sir. and uh but the we quoted that movie so much in high school uh me and my friends and it was one of those like we wa- I'd introduce somebody to it, and then all of a sudden it was like we'd talk about it so much at school, and then there somebody else like I gotta see this movie. So then we're like we next weekend we're <laughs> yeah. watching it again, and it's like, and it just kept growing that way with through our little community of friends. But uh, it's it's such a funny movie to me, like and so many uh, things I still quote today. Yeah, Mister Show, man, that what a show that was too. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Whenever like me and my friends really got into torrenting. So bad guy here. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> we, that, that was that one shit. of the first shows we downloaded and we watched, you know, late night go to let's throw on some Mr. Show, you know, yeah. to lighten the mood. Yeah. little nice nightcap for sure. Huge <laughs> yeah. fan of both David and Bob for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I got to see David Cross not too long ago. He was at Sheldon Concert Hall there in St. Louis and it was a super fun night to finally get to see him live being a podcaster yourself we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier too of course probably listen to some podcasts uh what would be let's say three podcasts that are just must who listens every time there's a new edition out for you that you got to listen to one of my newest favorites i recently discovered actually i'm wearing their shirt uh are you garbage i've been i don't know if you guys okay. know that show but no uh, i've been listening to a bunch of those and it's uh it's ridiculous it's some of the funniest stuff out uh, those guys, uh, but they, it's basically just, uh, they have a, 
they ask a lot of random questions and they've had all your favorite comedians on there and, and they, um, just to try to find out if you're garbage or not. And, okay. uh, I've learned I'm definitely garbage by, uh, <laughs> on the show. So yeah, yeah. They, you know, it's, it's a lot of like, uh, you know, just, uh, pop tarts or toaster strudels, you know, it's like there's stuff like that. Like they just yeah. go. So some of the things, the randomness of the, some of the questions makes me laugh so hard, but, uh, anyway, sure. great show. Definitely recommend checking that out. The Honeydew, I mentioned Ryan Sickler did a show, The Crab Feast, uh, with, with uh, Jay Larson. And that's kind of where I started with everything. But he does a show now called The Honeydew and does a Patreon show called The Honeydew with Y'all. And uh, Ryan's um, become a huge, I mean, still continues to be a, a huge inspiration for me as a, as a podcaster. I, I love his comedy, but his uh, show is, is really fantastic. It's like... Uh, highlighting the lowlights is his tagline and he like helps they go through a lot of people's trauma and talking about some of the some really dark stuff but he finds a way to make humor in it all and then they laugh about it now and so comedy podcasting is, is kind of is where i listen to a lot more and but his honeydew uh honeydew with y'all show on patreon i if anybody doesn't i've never heard anything it's it's the craziest show on the internet, I think like the, the stories that people tell on there and it's like $5 a month to subscribe to that, but it's highly entertaining. And he, you, you're never going to hear stories like these people, like uh, they're, they're insane. Like, I just like, you would never imagine these people like that's their lives, but these are just regular people that are fans of the show and they come on and share their stories. And, and then, uh, for music, I would say, I listened to a show called, uh, the 500 with Josh Adam Myers and he, uh, does uh rolling stones 500 greatest albums of all time and um okay. he's been talking to a lot of comedians and musicians uh he's had um billy gibbons on from zz top to talk about zz top eliminator record and like you know he's had a couple of people like that that actually are on the project but otherwise there are a lot of people that are just fans of the band and they'll talk about these certain records and the influences and so it's a great show, uh, a lot of fun. It's funny, and I love the music, and it's fun to hear the stories behind all these records that I love. Yeah, I I wasn't aware of a couple of those, so I'll have to check those out for sure. Like I need another podcast in my right, life, right? I know. Sure. As you know, producing your own podcast, man, it gets difficult to get all the listens in, and I also try to find new music on top of it, as I'm sure you do as well, Shane. So it's yeah. it's quite the challenge sometimes. Well, I worked. Uh, I worked a lot of evening. Like I said, I was working evenings. I had a lot of time with my headphones uh, at work, so I was able to luckily, you know, keep up pretty regularly, listening to a lot of different shows. So it was fun. That's what I love about podcasting is that they were, you know, a lot of them are weekly. I'd have, you know, I look forward to oh, yeah. this show's coming out this Tuesday or whatever. And same, yeah. So that's kind of the thing. Like it was had my routine every week. Absolutely, man. I feel that one hundred percent. So let's lean into. The music side of things, once again, let's say Shane has the ability to book a four band show, any four bands across any time period. What bands is Shane booking on a show? Hmm. We're going to call it Shane Fest. <laughs> yeah. Shane Fest. I like that. Or Rock Paper Pod Fest. Yeah, right. Man. Uh, so you you would think just my personal favorites that uh, of, of all time, huh? Pretty yeah, much. go for it. Yeah, and you can you can take any lane you want. Just your it could be random favorites. It could be yeah. you know I feel I feel like these bands would complement each other in a show and it'd be a great time. Right. Take whatever lane you want, my man. Yeah, well, I mentioned songwriting is a big part of my life, and one of the guys that 
came to mind right away is Will Hogue. He's super prolific songwriter. I uh, would love to have him a part of something like that. Nick Gussman is probably right up there with one of them as he's a local guy, but one of my absolute favorite songwriters of all time, him and his band are a ton of fun to watch live too. Uh, let's say, um, here come the mummies. It's, it's a little offbeat, but it's like one of the, my, uh, most entertaining shows you can ever go see. I don't know if you guys know them, but, uh, highly entertaining as well. Like I said, just a bunch of guys dressed up in mummy outfits, playing horns and, and uh funky music and it's uh a lot of fun and i'll say uh the last one maybe uh so i'm I'm good friends with the guys of funky butt brass band and and i love them as as that band as well but i love uh this little side project too the guys cody and adam have a, a a tuba and ukulele duo called sophisticated babies and it's one of the, some of the most fun I've ever had just going to those shows and, and, uh, laughing with them all night. Cause they, the range of covers they'll throw in there, like for everything from, uh, you know, queen Beatles to Beck, uh, they do a really good cover of Deborah and they even they'll do uh green jellies, uh, three little pigs. Um, and it's, just ridiculous seeing them do it with a tuba and ukulele so very that, cool that's that's a little ver- little variety for you yeah hey i'll take that and i'm i'm all about it and it speaks to the theme of the show for sure yeah shane if there was one piece of podcasting gear let's say or opportunity in podcasting that was kind of a holy grail for you what would that be and um if you feel so inclined to explain why well I would say a big game changer for me on the show was I bought this uh, Zoom H6 little handy recorder. It's uh, I'm actually using it right now. It works as an interface as well as uh, a mobile recorder, and you can um, I, I can run up to four channels on the stock uh, four XLR or quarter inch inputs, and then I also bought a little clip. Uh, it, you can do an omnidirectional or an XY mic up on the top as a clip, but also I uh, bought two more XLRs that clip on top. So I can run up to six microphones and I can just set that in the table and everything records to an SD card. It's got a little interface on it so I can see uh, levels, making sure everything's picking up. It's got individual gain. It's a super nice tool to have and, and it, uh, everything fits in a book bag I carry around. Everything I do is mobile. I uh, uh, So I record out of my book bag and just set up in people's homes or wherever and band practice or whatever it might be. And, and uh, so that's uh, the single piece that's like changed how I'm able to do the show. And uh, it's super convenient. It's about 300 bucks. So it's reasonably priced. And uh, yeah. It's nice that you can just pop the SD card in the computer and you can edit there from there. And But uh, yeah, so that's probably the one thing that I would, I, I even to even to songwriter or you know bands or anything like, I mean, you can do about anything with it, but it really up your uh, demo recordings, you know, from beat from, you know, if you were recording on your phone or anything else, like this is an inexpensive uh, tool that can really help change your recording sure as the hell is cheaper than my uh mobile solution yeah i was gonna say your setup's a little pricier (laughs) yeah mine's a little pricier i read a mac Mac mini and uh we collapsed down monitors and everything man we 
just get a big construction size tote and just lug that son of a bitch around. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look into this piece that you're speaking. Yeah, yeah. I know. We yeah. save our packs, man. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh man. That's, that's yeah. what we need. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> and it's got a little playback. You can listen, you know, make sure you can. So I don't know. It's just like super convenient and high quality. Everything sounds great. I've been, I mean, if you guys hear my show, it's like, a, I, yeah. it's nice, nice quality. As long as you got decent mics and doing stuff with it. So I was like, and plus you can send, put it all in post and make sure, you know, any background noise or whatever, you can kind of clean it up and stuff. But, uh, I really like it a lot. Well, Shane, let's talk about where folks can find your podcast at if they don't actually listen to your podcast yet. So let's t- talk about where your new listeners can find you at. Yeah. I mean, you can, uh, any of your, whatever your favorite podcast app of choice, uh, you can find it there. I'm at rockpaperpodcast.com is the hub for all things. I do, uh, I try to, along with each episode, I'll, I'll post on there, but I try to put like show posters, music videos, or we do, uh, a lot of live recordings, like live acoustic stuff. And I'll make, put those up on YouTube. And so I'll put those videos up on the website as well. So that's, I try to encourage people to go to the website. I mean, you can listen anywhere, but you to get the full experience, so you can get it on the website. Um, but yeah, so you can hit subscribe on YouTube. You can follow along on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, send me a message, say hi, it's all me. I don't uh, that's that's one of my favorite things. Like when people, uh, I get emails, you know, and it's like, "Hey guys," and I'm like, "No, no, no guys, guy? just yeah, just, just me, like, just one guy." <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it just uh, so if you uh, if you message, uh, I'll be the one answering. So, is your OnlyFans public? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's behind the paywall. So, <laughs> yeah, hey man. Ain't no shame. Hey, feet gotta pigs make are doing little, well. Boy. Yeah. Gotta make you a little money. Yeah, man. <laughs> Guys got to eat, you know? Yeah. Man, this inflation, it's getting us all, ain't it? <laughs> right. Yeah, man. I'm not above it. Yeah, I hear you. 100% on this side of things. Shane, it's been awesome talking to you, man, and getting to know you. I really appreciate your time today. What is the best place social media-wise for folks to follow you to? Uh, yeah, I mean, either Facebook or Instagram, whatever your okay. uh, weapon of choice. But uh uh i try try to cross promote on both platforms i do the facebook uh my my own personal facebook i do like a listing of shows in town i I saw you guys share people might get a little taste of that uh but if you want to i also share it immediately to the podcast page so you can follow that um i just it's easier for me to type up on my personal and get better reach so it's like right so that's why i do from there but uh yeah. Anyway, but that's like, uh, I think Facebook's a little easier for some of that stuff because, you know, you have Instagram, you can only types up so much things, but, uh, sure. so I probably would say if, if you have one or the other, maybe Facebook, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you've kind of built your friendships and your connections and stuff through your personal Facebook page as well. And right. nowadays it's become such a industry whenever it comes to the social media piece. If you have a podcast or a business, you know, you have to pay it for sponsored ads or whatever to mm-hmm. get your reach which is ridiculous you know right yeah but you know that's that's the game that we're in now so we resort to using our personals i do the same thing with my instagram i usually make myself the co-contributor right on yeah. my instagram stuff just so it gets a further reach but yeah. uh you know just those little tricks of the trade but you mentioned it and that's the show calendar piece and i wanted to close on this point 
is the fact that uh, we've mentioned it several times in the show, you know, your love for local artists, music events, and that sort of stuff. Shane is always promoting something going on in the St. Louis area weekly, multiple times a week. So he's a great social media follow for that in and of itself as well, outside of the fact that he has Rock Paper Podcast and he talks to these artists, gets to know them a little bit better. So I would highly encourage folks to reach out to Shane, follow him if you're looking for stuff to do in the St. Louis area. He's a great source of information and he's very open-minded across multiple genres of music. There's a little bit of everything. Uh, what that Shane posts about. So like, for example, just to use last night, our mutual friend, Marcus Newstead of Fister, he posted about the explosions in the sky and Fister show taking place at the pageant. But then I also saw like rhythm and blues acts and those sorts of things listed on a show calendar. So there's quite the assortment that Shane's bringing. He's got something for everybody. We can't encourage people enough to go check out rock paper podcast. Yeah. Thanks guys. Marcus, Marcus uh, was on uh, episode 420 of my show. It was, uh, I'm not sure the significance <laughs> of the number, but that's what he, he requested to be on yeah. that episode. So we, uh, <laughs> we had a good, we had a good time with that one. And, uh, and then we did a Fister episode uh, with Kenny, uh, came on too. And Kenny and uh, Marcus sent in the, uh, in the rehearsal space, which was a really good time. But yeah, but yeah I'm a real big fan of those guys. I, I'm, they're, a lot of fun. Yeah, they're incredible dudes. We love them very much. And uh, yeah, man, uh, just a lot of cool stuff that you're promoting in St. Louis. We can't encourage people enough to check out Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you so much for your time, Shane. This is Barrett from the ATI Podcast. Each week, Josh and I discuss current events, pop culture, music, TV, movies, politics, sports. Nothing is out of bounds. You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shop, we'll be spotlighting folks in their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcast. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support, and as always, please... Stay safe out there. Thank you, everybody, for sticking around after the break. We want to thank Shane once again for coming on the ATI podcast from Rock Paper Podcast. So podcast on podcast action once again. Yeah, it's like we rock, paper, scissored. Podcast. Oh, 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 hot scissor. <laughs> hot scissor. No, Shane's a great guy, and everything he does for the community is just amazing. And uh, just to hear about like the cancer stuff that he did for his mom, like that really hit a string with me personally sure you know so uh great dude doing great things for the community guys uh, i know i say this about everybody but go support this guy he's doing great things so yeah i mean nothing's gonna hurt you know subscribe on a podcast feed listen to a few episodes give him a rating too so that's something that really helps us out here in the podcast industry and he has so much content for you to explore too yeah has, i mean but well, he said over 10 years into it. So you got to think right. of how much content is out there for you guys. So, And you can, not that we're encouraging this because we want you to listen to everything Shane's got, but you know, Shane's got a little bit of everything. So I would guarantee to you that he's had a guest that you're interested in listening to. So oh, just kind of peruse yeah. his feed, see what he's got going on. You want to check out a comedian, more of the St. Louis area. I personally probably need to listen to the show a little bit more so I can, you know, yeah. smart myself up on some of those folks too. But as we talked in the conversation, it gets a little hard when you're producing your own podcast you know to get all your listening in from time to time but shane ultra good dude been taking note of what he's been doing the last few years 
it's been a point to get him on the show specifically and highlight what he's doing, especially in the St. Louis scene. And um, I just feel like there's a lot of kindred feelings and spirit there and motivations yeah. between our podcast and his and what we're all trying to accomplish here. And, you know, it's kind of the rising tides philosophy, you know, where right. all uh, just lifting each other up and trying to be an anchor and support. There's no competition here. It's all love and brotherhood and we're hoping very much more success. I know he's already had some, but, uh, you know, hope the guy achieves great heights. Rock Paper Podcast, such an awesome program led by an awesome guy, Shane. So let's talk about what we got going on next week, Josh. This is, like, fucking huge. Like, for <laughs> huge. real. Huge. Fucking huge. <laughs> We've got Jerome's Dream wow. coming to the podcast. Yeah. This is a band that has... I mean, been very formative in the screamo music realm. Again, early 2000s, late 90s, I think it was the beginning of their formation and broke up, kind of fell off the map like bands like we've talked about in the past, bands like City of Caterpillar and things like that on the show. It's the revival, man. Yeah, they're kind of a part of this like revival of things that we've talked about. You know, we've had See You Next Tuesday was the very first guest on this season, season two, and uh, was another amazing opportunity that we got to talk to somebody that almost 20 years later is starting things back up. We're going to have the same thing going on with Jerome's Dream. Jerome's Dream has put out one of the best albums this year, in my opinion. They're likely going to be on my top three when we do our year end list as it is. They're just an incredible screamo, post-hardcore they just have that emotion in music that I'm always seeking for, that kick in the teeth. But also at the same time, there's beauty in the chaos. These guys right. strike that chord for me. And man, I, I can't think, wait to talk to them. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. And some of the things that I really noticed was, wow, they were so explosive live. Like the sound was so explosive right. live. And uh, yeah, great stuff, man. It never gets old. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's so cool to see that fire being relit. I love it. I think they were originally based out of the Northeast, but now they've kind of relocated to the San Francisco area. They've oh, got, they went down to the Bay. Yeah, huh? and one of the guys from Loma Prieta is in the band now Okay, as well. So Loma Prieta, who is another band that we love a lot, and maybe via this connection we can get them for Season 3. That'd be great. We've got a lot of heavy hitters, guys. We're working on Season 3, and I'm I'm just so excited to be able to attend out some of them whenever plans get solidified. But uh, not to jump the gun, back to Jerome's dream. Really looking forward to talking to these guys and that's next thursday right that is next thursday we're going to be back on our normal live cast feed so you guys are probably going to hear this on tuesday or wednesday so it's going to be a quick turnaround so once you hear this get back on that live feed we're going to be back on our normal schedule we're going to be shooting for a 7 30 start but those guys are on the west coast so we might be a little soft on that but we'll be making postings on social media keeping everybody abreast of what's going on there but man again you know, like we talked about in the open of the show, a lot of what we do is in the heavy music realm uh, as far as our interests are concerned. And these guys are... They bring the heavy, baby. If they ain't kings, they're princes at, le- at the very least. So these guys are of the best out there doing it right now. And, you know, it would probably be very similar to like the See You Next Tuesday or Spotlights episode where I'm just sitting there just like gushing constantly. So <laughs> Josh might have to slap the shit out of me, tell me to shut the fuck up and be professional and stuff. Yeah, know, man, you're the, driving, ass. you're the driving force behind the interviews. You came to having you going all silent on me. I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, really looking forward to Jerome's dream. Again, if you don't normally like heavy music, I think these guys got something for you because there's, once, like I said, there's beauty in the chaos. Absolutely. Check these guys out ahead of the interview. If you don't, no big deal. With their authorization, we're going to have many of their songs littered out through the episode next week to help promote their music and their album this year. And guys, I really want to, they're on iodine recordings now. We really want to make a push to get them some attention with this album this year because they deserve to be at the top of, you know, the greatest albums of this year's list, regardless of genre. It's just incredible from start to finish. 
and uh, can't encourage folks enough to check them out. So like we said, a lot of amazing things going on in the ATI podcast. Take a look at the social media over the next few days. Hopefully by the time that you're hearing this, we've already made these publications, but we've got a lot of cool shit finishing out season two. And we can't wait to let you all know that we have it going on. I will go ahead and tell you one thing that I'm very excited about. We got the episode 100 spectacular coming up. And we have a returning guest for that. One of our favorite guests. And one of the best responses I've received on an interview yet of just the fans in general and the feedback that we've got. And that's Jesus Rose. Yeah. Jesus Rose coming back to the ATI podcast for episode 100. My old childhood friend. Now killing it in the R&B scene out on the West Coast, Brian Jones, also known as Jesus Rose. I uh, can't wait to have him back. That's going to be special, man. Yeah, such a great dude. Um, can't wait to pick his brain and see how California's going still for him. Yeah, and he's had several new tracks out since. We're getting a lot of attention, hundreds of thousands of spins already within just the first few days of him putting them out. Secondarily, he's got new music videos out in support thereof. He's got debuts going on um, all over the place. He's doing college tours. He's got his songs playing in Foot Lockers across the country. He's got all kinds of just amazing opportunities that we're going to talk about whenever he comes back on the show. Um, but that'll be toward the end of the season. As we said, episode 100, that's lined up. we got a few special things lined up for episode 100. You're going to be hearing some from former guests. Uh, we're going to have Ed Oz in on the show. That's Brandon Stewart of Nobnard's Closet. We're going to touch base with him and his programming. If you guys haven't been checking that out and see what kind of do a recap of where we're at so far and talk about some of the ambitions going forward. And we're going to do the same thing with Waxing On, Waxing On with RJ. Speaking of which, right after this episode debuts, there's going to be a new episode of Waxing On RJ out there for you guys to check out. New fresh hot picks from both Jake and Ridge on their physical media selections, some of which uh, will be a little bit of crossover perhaps from our visit down to Spectrum Record Lounge, but they've had a few mail orders and things trickle yeah, in over the last few weeks. some tasty stuff come in. I know, I know Ridge for sure has got some tasty stuff that came in, so yeah, you guys... Uh, Catch that as soon as this is over. Can't encourage you enough to check out the area, the areas of programming that we have a part of the ATI podcast. We got a little bit of everything for everybody, of course. Just to recap that piece of it, waxing on is our physical media love and curation, uh, and you get you know things from across the spectrum, uh, genre-wise. And so Jake Jackson, Ridge Jackson, the brothers Jackson will be talking and detailing about their musical picks. For each week, they usually have about five or so uh, physical media albums that they've purchased that they'll talk about, talk about the liner notes and things, art, album artwork, favorite tracks, all that stuff. You can always catch that on our YouTube. That's where those land at and the physical presentation thereof so that there's a familiarity with what they have going on there. And then Ed Oz in, Nobnard's Closet. So in promotion of Brandon Stewart's Diorama and D&D Custom Paint Shop, uh, which is Ed Oz in, we have Nobnard's Closet where he is bringing in guests from other people in that field, the role-playing games, uh, 40K Warhammer, D&D, Dungeons & Dragons, that is. And he's talking to those folks, and we're getting a lot of good feedback from those people. And there's, of course, in that community, there's a lot of support, which is something that we're all about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's basically what we're all about here. So it's perfect. It fits perfect in with what we're trying to do in our agenda. So. While it's something that me and Josh aren't playing ourselves, we don't look down or frown upon it. And we're so happy that Brandon has taken that torch and bared it. Yeah, absolutely. And he's promoting those things and those artists. And um, I will say, even though that I don't play those you know, role-playing games and stuff, I have a wild fascination for the artwork. Uh, diorama. I mean, I'm just a big fan of art in general. So, yeah. you know, Brandon's always sending us his creations, and I just absolutely love seeing the stuff that comes out of his mind and just the adaptation and um, just the ingenuity even, right. you know, that he implements into some of his creations for sure. Yeah. We are 
VATI Podcast. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at, at VATI Podcast. That's where we do most of our business. You can find us on Facebook, ATI Podcast 22. You can find us on TikTok, ATI Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at VATI, or excuse me, at podcast underscore ATI or X, whatever the hell you call it nowadays. I still call it Twitter. Fuck Elon. I mean, that's still the URL. Right? So <laughs> right. we're not wrong. Right. So well, follow us on Twitter. Yeah. He ain't giving that up. No, he is not. But anyway. So we're everywhere. Subscribe to our Twitch. Turn on those notifications if you want to catch the live feeds. No big deal. I mean, we appreciate the follow, if nothing else, on Twitch, if you can at least do that for us. Again, we're just trying to get those numbers up. Those numbers, in turn, turn to supportive artists. Right. And that's what we can keep doing what we're doing here. And that's just kind of the whole idea. You know, so we're just trying to uplift people. And be that marketing vehicle, that promotional tool for artists that we think are doing cool things. Just a lot of positivity we're trying to put out in the universe, right, Josh? Absolutely. And uh, I think by the time you guys hear this, it will be officially fall. So happy fall, y'all. It's time to get spooky, motherfuckers. So get ready for it. Yeah. If you ain't watching somebody chase somebody through the woods with a knife, then you're doing something wrong. Yep. Get a little stab happy this season, all right? I'm Barrett. He's Josh. We are the ATI Podcast. Good night and good luck. And stay safe out there.